This is the Bitcoin and Markets Podcast. My name is Ansel Lindner, and I'm keeping you ahead of the curve in Bitcoin. Hello, Bitcoiners. Welcome back to the show. I have another episode for you here today. I'm just going to go over the newsletter. We send out the, the fundamentals report every Friday, myself and Jeff. Check it out. It's free to subscribe. You just go to bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash report. Also, as a part of signing up for the report, I've added in to the welcome email a link to my newest Bitcoin infographic. Uh, so I take my prehistory timeline and I turned it into an infographic with lots of links. So you can actually click within the PDF uh, on an event and it will take you to supporting information for you to read more about it. Um, so that is free when you sign up for the report. Now I'm have different sections in the report. I think I'm going to hit most of them. Uh, market commentary being the biggest one today. You know, there's lots of charts and stuff that you can see if you go and sign up for the report. I also put this on a couple days later onto the website. And my episode links are always bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash E, whatever the episode number is. So this one is E210. Well, my fundamentals report is on the website as R and then the number of the fundamentals report. So if it's 83, which this one is, it's R83 at the website. Close my door, please. Close my door, please. Sorry about that. Quarantined with the kids at home. Okay, so at the beginning, we start off with vital stats and my disclaimer. I won't go through that uh, because it's already different by the time I'm recording this. But uh, that's good information for people to know. I, you know, I put in there the days until having the mayor multiple, some bigger things like the estimated difficulty adjustment. So it's some just some a basic snapshot of some stats up front and then i get into the market commentary so let's go with this several interesting threads have developed this week people questioning the government story of the coronavirus and the need for the lockdowns and shortages in gold and dollars the bitcoin specific news cycle is slow it's chugging along as we said in the past, Bitcoin is in its own world, only affected by deep fundamental cracks in the traditional system. Coronavirus. The story emerging from U.S. lockdowns is one of extreme skepticism. People are starting to think the entire virus is a hoax. It's a healthy reaction, but one that needs to be tempered by doing your own research. Social distancing and isolation are doing their job limiting the spread of the virus, but people misinterpret that as there being no need for these measures. And this was said early on that, you know, if isolation, if uh, lockdowns work, we won't think there's a need for the lockdown. You know, this is uh, an intelligent person should be able to see that we're, we're trying to slow down the virus and stop the virus. Well, it looks like the virus isn't spreading, so we don't need the lockdowns. No. Okay, the self-isolation helped, but let's get into this a little bit more because my position is more nuanced than that. We should realize the government is unable to enforce a lockdown on its own. That's why we say self-isolation is doing its job above. People decide to self-isolate. If they didn't, the government couldn't do anything about it. This was brought up by Jeff on the Discord server that, yeah, if... You know, let's say they tried to put a lockdown or a, a stay-at-home order on the entire United States. There's no way that they could enforce it. 
There's no way they can even enforce it in a single city. There's not enough police. You know? There's no way. Period. And people have guns. Like, there's no way they can enforce this stay-at-home order if people didn't do it themselves. Right? And that's why you see constantly they're trying to manage. They come out and they plead with people. Stay at home. It's for your own good. And yada, yada, yada. They're pleading with people because they're trying to manage the situation. Um, because people don't have to listen. You know? People don't have to follow what the government says, especially in these types of situations. You know, they're, they're trying, it's a very delicate balance. It's a very dangerous and delicate balance that they're trying to walk right now because people could revolt. Uh, I don't know if that's the best thing right now, you know, but it's, it's very precarious. And so when people say that there's an excuse, this is an excuse to um, add more authoritarian government to people. I don't think that they're fully appreciating how precarious a place the government's in right now. Yes, there's some people, there's some factions within the government that will not let a crisis go to waste and try to expand things. Um, but as a entity of a government, the, of a hive mind sort of entity, it's, it's very dangerous for it right now. And it knows it's in a life or death situation. That's why I think the CCP felt the same way. They're in a life and death situation. They need to act and act strongly or else this thing could definitely like they have a, they have two choices. One is do nothing and die as a government um, or try to do something drastic and save their role, save their regime, save their paradigm. And so I think that's where they're in right now. But anyways, let's continue. People decide to isolate themselves. If they didn't, the government couldn't do anything about it. We, the market, are acting in concert to limit the spread of the virus. The government lockdown, of course, takes credit for the actions of the market. Surprisingly, this is very similar to how the Fed takes credit for market moves, when in reality they follow. It's a carefully maintained illusion in both cases. Without lockdowns, people would have self-isolated eventually especially if there wasn't so much censorship and statist worship at, from, you know, the mainstream media and, and other things that kept people from seeing the truth, both from CCP and from our governments here at home. You know, people have this weird, diluted uh, worship status of the CDC. They'll pump themselves full of all sorts of chemicals because the CDC said so. But now they realize the CDC told them not to wear masks during the frickin' pandemic. And they're losing confidence in their, their institutions. So if there wasn't censorship and there wasn't the state worship of these, these agencies and this, these people, um, people would have self-isolated probably very, very quickly uh, back in February or something like that. Uh, figured out a way to solve this by self-isolating and also keeping business going. The, the market would have figured that out if there wasn't the censorship and the status worship. Okay, going on. Not to be cliche, but freedom isn't free. A child yearns for and deserves freedom from their parents, but the parents know the child needs to learn responsibility, respect, and liability or consequences of their actions. To act well, we need to consider these things. Applying this to a pathogen is a unique challenge. How do you act responsibly? What kind of consequences follow from our actions? How do we act respectfully of other people's rights and freedoms? In regards to a pathogen, there's no right answer, but it's best to err on the side of not spreading the disease, self-isolation. 
I don't know if I need to expand on that much. Let's just go on to the gold and dollar shortages. This week, the gold market exploded as shortages wreaked havoc. There weren't any gold bars to be found. A mad scramble ensued for physical to meet delivery requests. Uh, I link to an article about this, but yes, the gold market exploded. They were trying to source, I think it was 400 ounce bars, and they couldn't. Uh, I think it also went down to the 100 ounce bars. Uh, they just couldn't source it. Roy Seabag from Gold Money, you know, he is outspoken about Bitcoin as well. And he said he was getting calls left and right to source these bars. And he had the supply, but he was not going to sell because, you know, it was owned by other people. So it's an interesting situation. They they had extreme shortages and the spot price of gold dislocated by, gosh, 10% from the actual price uh, or, or the futures price. Let's uh, continue here. Gold bugs and obviously Bitcoiners knew this would happen. Um, Bitcoiners are just gold bugs. They're just tech savvy gold bugs. So where the two camps differ is gold bugs think the inability to get physical gold is a benefit for gold. When in fact, it incentivizes people to buy Bitcoin. I mean, gold bugs think that this is going to be like a revaluation scenario, right? If, if you can't get gold at any price, then it's going to revalue. But that's, that's not a good thing. See, if you can't get gold at any price, people won't go to gold. The limitations of gold is actually what keeps it from becoming a reserve currency. I hope that makes sense. And as people understand, like, I can't source gold, I can source Bitcoin. All right, Bit, uh, where do we need, where are we at? Uh, Bitcoin is immediately divisible and deliverable. It is superior to gold in a gold rush. Can't source gold for delivery? How about buy Bitcoin? You'd be able to buy in any denomination and get it settled in 10 minutes anywhere in the world. This is the time for Bitcoin to outshine the yellow metal. And mainly for gold bugs. This, this won't be for the institutional people um, because they're just too, too big a fish for this pond. The dollar shortage continues. I recommend checking out Jeff Schneider's commentary at Alhambra Investments, and I link to that. He writes short posts there every day. The Fed is acting as a domestic banking authority and not as an international monetary authority, meaning their current tools do not allow them to control monetary conditions. Even their asset purchases simply increase demand for dollar debt units. Internationally, they're trying to do the same thing. They push demand into the future through repo facilities. This won't work to weaken the dollar. It's getting more entrenched, creating more and more epic explosion right around the corner. The market is still on track for a dollar melt-up. It spilled into gold already and it will spill into Bitcoin very soon. The dollar system experiment is over. They were right about the deflationary boogeyman all along. We were right about the inadequacies of fiat money. Deflation won because the properties of debt-based money naturally funnels newly created money into asset prices and risky investments, causing a cycle of bubbles that must deflate. I don't think I need to t say any more about that. Okay, top stories. So these, this is just a section about kind of the top stories, uh, articles of the week that I thought were interesting, above and beyond what I link in other parts of the report. So top source, Revolut brings Bitcoin to all of its 7 million users. A payment app from the UK follows the lead of Cash App and the Italian bank Banca Stella 
in offering Bitcoin as part of its app's products. This will continue and a new generation globally will be able to stack sats. So yeah, this is just something I've noticed. Many more banking apps will be adding Bitcoin. Um, of course, it's not only Cash App and this Bank of Stella, but those are ones that have been in the headlines recently. Uh, this will continue. They, more and more things will offer access to Bitcoin. And the best thing is to pressure them to make sure you can withdraw. So you can hold your own private keys. That's the most important thing. Anyway, here we go. Uh, next one is Binance is set to acquire coin market cap. The deal could be worth as much as $400 million. Coin market cap is prime real estate in Bitcoin. During rallies, it is ranked very high on the Alexa internet traffic rankings. I think during the last bull market, it was uh, top 100 websites in the world. It's a great purchase by Binance, but will it bear fruit if altcoin season is permanently canceled? <laughs> At 400 million, that's what they sold Poloniex for to uh, Circle. That's interesting. And then someone else, didn't someone else just buy Poloniex? Was it uh, Justin Sun? Okay. China's digitization endeavors continue. National blockchain platform to go live in April. The Chinese blockchain comedy continues. Hint, blockchains don't scale. The quote, blockchain service network, BSN, is a trans-regional public infrastructure network jointly launched by the Chinese National Information Center, a state-run telecom company, China Mobile, China Union Pay, Red Date, and other institutions like banks and government groups. So I already got a question about this. Yeah, blockchains don't scale. This is a big, big problem with uh, what people like Ethereum have found out. R3 tried to bring blockchains to the trading infrastructure. They couldn't do it. They had to get rid of the, uh, the chain, and then they had to get rid of the blocks, and they were just, you know, a regular centralized service. That's the problem, is uh, blockchains don't scale. And it, there's trade-offs, okay? And I, write up, I wrote about this in Discord when someone asked me about this, but um, how, how are they going to scale this out when, like, Ethereum can't even do CryptoKitties? How are you going to scale this out? So most likely it's going to be a centralized thing with a blockchain sticker attached. For appearances, they'll, they'll have some sort of decentralization, but it will be completely centralized. It'll be centralized service, and they'll just say it's, it's blockchain because no one fucking knows what blockchain means. <laughs> okay, next is Bank of France it says ETH and Ripple could power central bank digital currencies. This week, the Bank of France put out a call for ideas for how they could leverage a CBDC. Are they planning to introduce a digital franc? That alone would be a huge story. The ETH and Ripple marketers jumped in, and this article claims that I link right here. They can use a token on these platforms, maybe even a cross-chain token. Of course, this is a complete joke. Wait until they discover liquid and elements sidechains where they can peg to Bitcoin. So, yes, it's the same argument as above. Blockchains don't scale. Imagine running a digital franc or a digital national digital currency on Ethereum. <laughs> they can't even do a $100 million DeFi app without having <laughs> vulnerabilities everywhere. Like, and they can't even run crypto kitties. I mean, they can't run two large applications on their chain at the same time. Like, it's a complete and utter joke, people. It's a joke to say Ethereum could do this. It's a joke to say Ripple could do this. Ripple is a centralized company. 
100% pre-mine. They own it. Ripple cannot do a CBDC. It's not big enough and it doesn't, it, it's centralized. There's no way that France would say Ripple take over our currency. No. They would launch their own Ripple if they would, would do that. They would launch their own network that looks like Ripple. Maybe. But even then, it's like very vulnerable to attack. It's, it's not legit. Same with Ethereum. They would launch their own Ethereum. But it's, it's bad tech. So there's no way they would do it. You only get 20 transactions a second out of, out of Ethereum. So anyway, um, you know, they'll, they'll discover liquid and element sidechains that you can have a federated chain give up. Uh, I mean, that's what they want anyway. You know, they want, they want centralization. So they're going to find out that liquid is somewhat more centralized, right? Because it's federated. It has, I think it's 15, 14 or 15 block producers. And that's like what they would be looking for or even more, but they could use the element sidechain as a blueprint. And it'd be great because they could peg to Bitcoin as a reserve currency. But anyway, let's move on. So then I have price. I'm talking about price in every uh, every issue. But I do have my member newsletter that is uh, called the Bitcoin Pulse. And that gets more into uh, technical analysis, fundamental analysis, and charts, charts, charts. Try to put as many charts there as possible. If you're a professional trader um, or you trade a lot in Bitcoin, uh, it is it costs money. But... It, it's a great resource just to get a kind of an OG opinion on the market that comes out twice a week, at least anyway. So, uh, every week I do a BMI and on the weekly report, <clears throat> it is weekly and BMI stands for uh, Bitcoin market indicator. Um, it's somewhat scientific with different moving averages, you know, different indicators built in, uh, but also with a subjective layer where how do the fundamentals apply to this right now? So there is some subjectivity in there, uh, and it's between negative three and positive three. I'm usually between uh, negative one and positive one, but today I'm actually too bullish. I'm pretty bullish for the weekly BMI. Okay, price has been strong this week, squeezing shorts in the process. Don't be confused by our too bullish BMI rating. We should see near-term pressure on longs, followed next week by a quick recovery. Our mid-month projection, so that's mid-April, detailed on the member newsletter, the Bitcoin Pulse, is driving our bullish weekly call. April should be a good month for the Bitcoin price. 6,500 is an important level. If Bitcoin can hold above for a few days, there is a better chance it will continue going up without returning to test lows. At the time of writing, price is exactly where it was on CME at the close of last week. Price slumped throughout the weekend and then rallied when CME reopened. We wouldn't be surprised to see an almost exact replay of last weekend. However, followed by a much stronger bounce. A rising wedge is a bearish pattern that breaks to the downside 70% of the time. Like last week, a truncated drop out of the wedge is expected. Being bullish won't be easy. Bears are getting squeezed, then bulls will get squeezed, and then something will happen. I do have a, a chart in here. Anyways, next section, altcoins. Last week, we published a chart from Coinmetrics showing the increase in fiat coin printing. It has continued, so we pulled a couple more images from Coinmetrics' State of the Network article. Printers go burr. Fiat coins and CBDCs will slowly replace altcoins. 
both in terms of market cap and usage. The second chart below is the Binance USD and Hubi USD supplies over the last month. They've tripled and doubled respectively. I think this is really important to in my altcoin section to talk about stablecoins most of the time now because um, I think the altcoin era is pretty much dead. There will be many bottom feeders, you know, many projects cannibalizing and scamming each other, uh, but the the big ones are going to be these stablecoins. All right, and that's just how it's going to be. Tether is going to be is still king. Uh, I think it just passed six billion dollar market cap, getting close to number three. Remember, I said for a long time Tether is the number two coin uh, behind Bitcoin. It, it deserves to be number two for years. It has deserved to be number two, and it will continue to get there. Um, it's interesting that we've seen some exchanges start stablecoins like these Binance, the Binance one and the Hubi one. I mean, Tether started as, as from Bifinex. And so um, it's just a natural uh, extension of their business model. What I don't want to see is USDC get big or Gemini, uh, mainly USDC. I think I see that as like the dark Sith Lord <laughs> of stable coins because Jeremy Lair is so anti-Bitcoin. And Circle is so anti-Bitcoin, and they're so pro-regulation and capturing and the regulators and you know getting in there and being the government's chosen winner. Uh, that that's what USDC is trying to do. Um, we'll see. Maybe maybe there will, there's something behind that, but you're not going to make money by holding USDC. You only make money if you invest in the company behind it, right? Or you invest in Coinbase that is also in this whole cabal of uh, regulation. So yeah, all the, the kind of big investors, they want to do this, but of course we, the hodlers and the holders and the buyers of Bitcoin, we don't have to use them. Use something like cash app. They don't have the same megalithic ideas that megalithic, is that the word? They don't have the right megalomaniac word, uh, intentions like Coinbase does or circle does or Jeremy Lair or Brian Armstrong. So, <laughs> Uh, Cash App is much more user-friendly. I think it's much more Bitcoin-friendly. Yes, it's centralized KYC, but take it off and, and mix it. You know, Clean it up as much as you can. So anyway, next section is macro. The dollar is surging again despite the unlimited repo, Q eternity, municipal bond buying, corporate bond buying, foreign currency swaps, and most recently foreign repos. Think about that for a second. The Fed has unloaded an unimaginable amount of liquidity and debt into the system, yet the dollar goes up? We are watching this very closely. If the 2016 high of 103.82 breaks, it will be 18-year highs, and it could run to 108 quickly. Yes, the melt-up dollar, I have a chart there for that. Okay, next is this unemployment thing, so... Uh, take a look at the job numbers below. Last week's print was on the report as well because it was so incredible. This week's number is higher. 3.4 million new unemployment filings in the U.S. In the Great Depression, it took years to get to 9% unemployment. We've now gotten there in two weeks. It's scary looking at this chart. But think of it this way. All of those new unemployed could be red-pilled against the Fed and the corporatocracy of the system. Next section, miscellaneous. Here's a long-term view of Bitcoin's payments and block size, showing block size near all-time highs despite the mempool 
being relatively empty. Also, note the recent decoupling. The number of payments per block decreases as the size of blocks increases. Just an interesting side note, another chart for you, and then we end with a meme. And that's it, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget, member-supported podcast. Go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and markets. Sign up for, to be a full member, $5 a month, and you get access to whatever extra stuff I put on there. Or you can just support, show your support for a dollar a month. I know it's hard times out there right now, so thank you for everybody that does support. It means the world to me. It keeps me going. It keeps me going and making this content for you. All right. See you next time.